Hello, and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. This year, we're doing 1973, 50 years ago, long before any of us were born, making us very inexpert commentaries on the year, but proudly, we still go ahead. I am your host, Greg, and before we get started, know this. This is a game show. I'm going to be giving out points. You're going to hear a little bit of... Mike. You're going to hear a little bit of... Ryan. You're going to hear a little bit of... I'm fat, so I burp and fart. All right. That's me giving points or giving the business to the panelists. Let's meet our panelists. The winner from last week, who's fat and loves to fart, Mike, how you doing? How glad are you that we cut this audio for you? I, I love it. I farted in a lazy river all this afternoon, Greg. <laughs> so you know what? Sometimes art does imitate. Okay, wait, life. hang. On. Were you le- were you legitimately in a lazy a lazy river? I I own one. Your own lazy river. Uh, we don't talk about how I'm an epo baby, but uh, I my father is Mister Podcast, <laughs> aka Handcart Brooklyn, and I own a lazy river. And all afternoon, now Ryan I drifted and farted. You don't come from podcast royalty, no, right? In fact, you come from the mean streets of of podcasting. How does how do you think that's different than uh, Mike's experience? I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Dang. I started off on the podcast Bootstraps, bootstraps. Podcast. <laughs> I remember that was a good one on the Bootstraps Network. Thanks to my father, John Bootstraps. Um, wait, hang wait, on though. Wait, wait. wait. Whoa, Your dad whoa, whoa, started whoa, a podcast whoa, network, and then you got to just join it. Come on, God. you're no different than me. I am very different because his last name is Bootstraps. <laughs> oh, okay. That's different. That's different. Uh, and and they did have fur on them. And your dad's dying words were, Marry me with my money. Right? Is yeah, that correct? That is what we did. We actually didn't do it because once they die, people are always like, yeah. oh, yeah. shit. Let's give them the funeral that they wanted. Fuck that, yeah. dude. Do whatever you want. You bet, Give Grandpa. them the funeral we want. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say, Ryan, that you like to steal from the rich? and give the money to the still living. I'm a bit of a Robin Hood, I would say. Uh, Sir Robin of Loxley. Well, Ryan, thank you for that excellent segue, because it turns out... Wait, what? ...that we are doing... Uh, I thank you for buying me this wonderful Segway scooter. Um, <laughs> I am periously bounced on it, so watch out! You know, that's how much Segway scooters suck. Not even worth a point. Yeah, nope. nope. It's, a f- it's like a $3,000 no present. Point. Can't get a single game show. Ryan point. calls me and he's like, Greg, I'm going to revolutionize the way you move about cities. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that sounds amazing. I, it kind of sounds like, are we talking a hover car? Like, mm, it's, I don't know. It's pretty good. I've... And then he presents me with this weird scooter that goes three yeah. miles an hour that I have to like, lean forward. I've essentially destroyed my home because I was born on these streets. And the streets will be done away with oh, because yeah. it's Segway time. We don't. <laughs> there will be no need for cars. <laughs> the Segway revolution was not televised, and it didn't even occur at all. But the Robin Hood revolution was on VHS a lot. What clamshells? Sort of, you guys that, remember clamshells? Well, Man, yeah. I was like an otter with that clamshell <laughs> just on my chest, just kicking nom, my little footsies. Nom, nom, nom. What is your? Do you have a history? Because a lot of these movies, nineteen seventy-three movies, were like. I had never even heard of this. I enjoyed it, but whatever. But Robin Hood, we probably have a history with it, right? Mike? Uh, You're right, Greg. We do. I watched this movie more than any other movie we've done so far combined. And also the rest of the season combined. (laughs) Uh, But with that, it is so bananas how 
you, you just remember glimpses because some kids' movies like are in the ether and they come back, and some fucking fade away, and all anybody talks about is how they want to fuck those foxes. And other than the fact that Udalali is stuck in my head on a weekly basis for my entire life, the Udalali uh, song, not that. Bip, uh, Golly, what a day. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Greg put you on hold. <laughs> I'm that's, sorry. That's oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Can't wait till they get the option so the, to press pounds to just go to the next operator. The Oodalolly. I love that. Ryan, what is your history with this movie? I, looking back, um, I think that it's clear to both you and the listeners that um, I'm an incredibly smart adult. Oh, yeah. Especially compared to YouTube, but oh, yeah. uh, a far smarter kid. And Ryan. Yeah, you were a gifted kid. Uh, I was a hell of a gifted kid. Yeah, that's why you're miserable today. And that's not wrong. And uh, <laughs> I knew then, I knew then that this was lesser. This blue ass. And I <laughs> I grew into a gentleman of my age to... I was hanging out with producer Dave the other day. Yes. And uh, he was talking about this week's movie right. that we're doing, Robin Hood. Thank you for that yeah. charity. <laughs> Hanging out I hung out with Dave a couple weeks ago. Uh, and he was like, Mike. You guys, great fucking begging for points there, <laughs> little orphan Mikey. You have so uh, many, I'm in Robin, Robin Hood's beggar costume right now. Um, and he was like, you guys were so excited for 1973, 1973, and I wasn't sure why. And with Westworld and now Robin Hood, uh, have, is this now just in the beginning of the 1973 season? Have you now done t- the two worst movie of the year movies in the history of the podcast? And the answer is Ouch. yes, producer Dave. Yes, we absolutely have. Yeah. I, this was fucking bullshit from start to finish. This was one of the, the VHSs we had around my house, and I watched it all the time. Oh, wait. Big question, though. Based on your age, Greg, and the form of medium you just said, uh, purchased in a store or recorded off TV? Oh, no. Purchased in a store. Okay, and that, okay. Back when VHSs were, like, pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. You know? So you had, like four of them and you watch them a lot um and i was like as i was putting on i was like i can't really remember what happens in this movie and i think one of the things we're going to get into tonight is why nobody can remember what yeah. happens. i'm gonna tell you in a week i also won't remember what <laughs> yeah. happens in this movie i would argue that things don't, don't. Yeah. happen in this movie and in fact i will begin to argue that when we come back from what mike has called the quickest breaks Disney's Robin Hood is about a fox everyone wants to bang, even though he hasn't even kissed his own girlfriend. But here's something cool about him. He shoots arrows real good and takes money from the rich to give to the poor by reusing old footage and fleshing out the runtime with a series of looping chase scenes. With half the characters being from England and half being from the American South, Robin Hood allows us to imagine a fantasy land where public domain characters move through something approximating a story. While we all hold our breath hoping this isn't one of those super racist old Disney movies featured in multi-episode podcast. And what can only be described as a series of scenes following in more or less chronological order until each has played, we (laughs) see Robin Hood go from a guy in the forest to a guy in a tournament to a guy in a bunch of weird outfits to a guy in a bunch of people's fantasies. Gentlemen, I ask you this. When Robin Hood came out, people didn't go ape for the fox, but the populace eventually warmed up to the film. Who's right? And why has this movie enjoyed its recent uptick in appreciation, Ryan? Horniness. It's all, okay. it's 100%. It's all, it's all horniness, which uh, we're going to get to horniness next. I, I had a lot, of, uh, a lot of internal debate about, like, 
can you talk about this movie's resurgence before no. horniness? And can you talk about horniness before the movie's resurgence? And it's hard. They are they dovetail pretty hard in this. Okay, but so we're not talking about horniness right now. No, right now. Okay, right now, what I want to focus on is like this movie is now thought of by people as good, right? Well, no, th- I I think the difference is um, people can no longer separate. I liked this as a kid with quality. Uh huh. There, there's something. There's been a babification, uh, and I don't want to sound old and crotchety, but there's been a babification with uh, Gen X down, and now I'm. Everybody knows I'm a boomer. I'm the oldest on the show. <laughs> Gen X down. We can like it, it, it is fucking baffling how often you run into people and be like, watch. They're like, I love them. Like, watch it again. It's not good. Whether we were talking about Robin Hood. <clears throat> or gargoyles or whatever. Whatever you watched as a kid is probably whoa, garbage, guys. Whoa, what do you mean? You can't just take out gargoyles Wait, like that. Gargoyles are fine cartoon. Gargoyles actually it? is fine. I couldn't think how, of a kid's show. How old are you? Are you were getting your entertainment from gargoyles? Are you <laughs> hundreds of years old? <laughs> yes, I am uh, loosely based on Quasimodo. <laughs> Dude, should we just go hang out by the cathedral and like look at the gargoyles? Let's just stare at some gargoyles. <laughs> okay, so Ryan, you contend that this movie is now not thought of as good i feel like i don't mean critically good i mean mm-hmm. like more like what mike was saying that the the i think you said the babies uh in the in the stupid generations after ours well like before and after like surrounding us basically in the years oh yeah the millennials are very smart and have a very healthy relationship with fucking pop culture and it's not just the babification <laughs> it's the and we've talked about this on the podcast for and so are we long saying babyfication or are we saying yeah. babyfication like the babyfication becoming... is when like someone disappears between junior and senior year and comes back and you're like damn and what i thought mike had originally said was betafication which that's a whole different topic but betacuckification like cuckification (laughs) the other thing that um we have to worry about too is like this will probably be the show that gets the most emails because when you insult a movie you insult the people's personality who like the movie yeah and this is a movie that will have that attached but it is at best an average movie if that's your opinion, and at worst, like it's it's fucking really well, really poorly made. Is it even a movie? It, this yeah, is like, it, it depends like on what your definition show. of movie is. It, it that's I think that's if you're going to give it any uh, flowers, as the kids say, uh-huh. is I think this is a I don't know what fucked up party you're at right now, but the adults threw all their keys in a bowl. They Whoa! throw on this in the background. Nineteen seventy three. And it is anytime you look something I will say being a little tipsy enjoying this it is delightful, <laughs> but then your brain is like I want to talk to anybody and then tune in every once in a while I, I don't want to sit here and act like a film. But no, I would have I would absolutely have come on to this show with like a better disposition if I found even like a, a certain percentage of it delightful. Like I was so bored There's out of not- my mind. There's and, not characters. No, and like uh, such a big re- there's so many reasons for that. Um and I'll get to that in a second, but like analysis aside, I think that another big part of it too. This is from research. That's right. I did my own research, guys. Whoa. I'm not going to the doctors oh. or the FDA anymore. Robin Hood is hurting young athletes' hearts, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Max if, question mark? If you see people passing out on the athletics fields, it's because they've watched they've injected it directly into their veins. Um, when VHS came around and they Disney had to figure out what to do with it, um, they had to make a decision because every Disney movie was regularly released back into theaters every seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like clockwork, every seven years they were put back right. in there. 
And so, Eni- and if they were racist enough, maybe even more. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get because like racist people love going to movies and seeing racism on the big screen. Well, that 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 They're just like us. The podcast I referenced, you must remember this: the ones about Song of the South. She oh, charts yeah. how like social movements corresponded to when Disney would re re release Song of the South. Well, I mean, there is this thing like there is this thing that goes along with uh, podcast. Pro- Check them out progressivism where the more progressive that things get and we think that song of the south is bad the more the other yeah the bigger the backlash is yeah, the, or, yeah and so people will be like well i'm gonna go buy two tickets to that shit <laughs> anyway <laughs> if we're releasing these movies into theaters every seven years we can't release them on vhs but we can't just let this format go away yeah so what do we do we take the fucking biggest piece of shit that we have, and that will be our first and for a while our only VHS movie. And really? that is could be Which is why we all had it. Right. That yeah. could be why so many people so many more people right. saw it than like the box office shows than it deserves to, is because it was just in everybody's houses. It had regular rotation on things like the Disney Channel. Do you guys remember when the Disney Channel was a premium? Like you had to we pay didn't for have it. it. We well didn't you had it every it. Yeah. one weekend a year. Oh and yeah, you when you visit like, your dad when yeah. he allows you to visit him one week a year. You would just stay up all day watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> this is I'm the only one ever get to see. But I ultimately like the the thing that's besides it not being a real movie. I think what the big turnoff here is that it's like they were like Hanna Barbera is popular, right? So we should make it look like that. And they were like, no, not because Hanna Barbera is popular, because it's fucking cheap. Like, yeah. we don't care if it's popular. We're going to make this look like TV, television trash. This feels like not- There are scenes where there are groups of people running through this way and then this way yes. and this way, like Scooby-Doo yeah. cartoons. Right. Some of the animation here, some of the backgrounds, uh, some of the way that the animals move is legit classic Disney beautiful. The right. rest of it is weighed down by trash. Well, because a lot of it is legit beautiful Disney from- the years before this movie came out with them just right. drawing over They just it. drew on top of it. This movie doesn't seem like an artistic... It doesn't seem like there was an artistic pitch for it. It feels like there was o- there was exclusively business pitches for well, it. They wanted to make a different movie about foxes. It's right. public domain. They used old footage. They it's, looped... They just looped like four different chase scenes. It's both... Uh, it, it, like th- There's not even like sort of taking tropes and trying to intermingle them. It's just awkwardly western characters put into a medieval yes! uh location well okay, that's for jokes probably that's for uh, jokes, yeah. probably uh walt is dead and he <laughs> wanted to make a movie about rainier the fox, the fox which is yeah. a kind of uh fable that i've never even heard of and they're like, like French, okay right and then somebody else in there was like well i want to make a robin hood movie and so those two things got Slammed together, and the director's like, "Okay, okay, we can do this. We We're can do still this." Doing it, yeah. And Rainer... then they're like, "Also, f- fuck all the stuff you thought you were gonna put into it." Because he's like, "We're gonna make like political messages." Because rich versus poor, and I'm gonna need some more money. And they went, "No to that. <laughs> no to any artistic or financial decision you thought you were about to make." And then they're like, "Get me the six worst songs to ever appear in any Except movie for Udalati." No, that's bad. And the no, I like Fuck Udalali. You. Well, I did. I, I think Udalali is. I hated it when I was a kid because it's. <laughs> uh, you wanted to give Mike a point for me and me a point for Mike, but yeah. that would. Um, I hated it when I was a kid. I like it now, but the the song called "Love," which was fucking nominated for an Oscar, which is such a crock of shit, is the yeah, dumbest. Like it is somebody improvising. 
And then, dude, stars, honestly, it, stars it, are there. Elton John and Tim Rice watched this scene and went, "We can make this good." And then they just did. Can you feel love tonight? And recreated <laughs> this scene. Like they didn't use the animation, but they used this kind of scene in Lion King. And then the other one, uh, Robin Hood's good friend Baloo, is just out there being like, uh, just making up a song about the phony king of England. Like, yeah, this I, this it has like this screams lower class Don Bluth. Like th- I can't believe that this is a Disney movie. This is what the worst. This Don is the Bluth worst mean? movie that we've ever done. Don Bluth is like the guy in the '80s who left Disney, and then he did The Land Before Time and American gotcha. Tale and Rockadoodle. Rockadoodle. Uh, one other thing about that the animation. Uh, Rod uh, Rover Dangerfield. Sorry, good. <laughs> no, that was definitely worth it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is is the is it? They went for a stylized, very rough form of animation, or did they actually like? race through this process so much that the well, animation's like kind of like sloppy i couldn't tell if that was a stylistic choice i or think like mike hit it where they started off they just did the budget wrong and then they started off they wanted to do something very impressive hit their cap they said no and then they had no choice but to like trace over snow white and jungle book yeah and then just finish the rest as fast as possible like just th- get it done it, we've learned over the last couple of years with uh cgi and visual effects houses that you need talent, but really more than anything, time is money. You know, yeah. you need time to do Let stuff. And you need if you don't give people the time, it will look like shit. That's yeah. it. I, I, w- I will say in, in a defense of it's <clears throat> on our other show, we did, used to do X-Men The Animated Series, and they look great because they're from the comics until they start moving, and they're right. like, oh, too <laughs> detailed. I think there are character designs here. When nobody's moving, I think they look fucking awesome. Like, Animals in... Uh, the, the rhinos. The rhinos were always impressive. The though. elephants. The albirds look sick, man. Yeah. The, yeah, the elephants, the trumpet noses. Uh, I'm a sucker for raccoons, so the raccoons, like, I, I think, uh, I forget, the, the minstrel's name, the, the rock-a-doddle-doo. Uh, they look Alan good. Dale. Alan Dale, thank you. Uh, Alan Tudicadale. When <laughs> they're not moving, I'm like, hell yeah. And then they start going, eh, eh, eh. And just it looks like a paper cutout is moving across the screen. Also, uh, like this is no nothing towards the movie except for the fact that it picked a chicken. And like everyone knows, I'm no bird fan, but like to watch a chicken in live action or animation is mm. just is fucking repulsive. The way their legs work, their eyes, like don't make me watch that for entertainment so, purposes. She's supposed Were to be upset though? because there was a rooster, Alan Adale. There oh, was a, uh, Lady Cluck. Lady Cluck hen. is Lady Cluck is fine. It's oh, okay. Alan Adele and his fine. fucking skinny rooster. Yes. A ball sack then, hanging and from the chin. And the weird thing hanging off the, yeah. And the legs that the go gibbets. backwards while he, it's right. awful. Yeah. What about Robin in his stork costume then? Because he looked like that. Yeah, but, I mean, we have to talk about sexy things later. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to talk about it's... sexy things later. But before we get to that, we have to talk about fashion. Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. What is it? Nobody knows. That's why we have to make a completely new one. And to cel- celebrating whatever it was celebrating, what we can't remember. Instead, we're going to do the best fashions from 1973. As distinct from the fashions of 1975. If you try to give me the fashions of 1975, I'm going to kick you right out of here. Don't say what they were. I know you remember and you were no. about to. Just... Ignore it. What I what I want is suggestions that could appear in the movie Serpico, or the movie Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. That should be should be the fashion. Run the gamut. 
of either one. Oh, there of those. is one. I got one for that. But there is one fashion that it takes stork dress. <laughs> this uh, his beggar outfit, which is, appears in both movies. All right, Mike. Yes. Is that what you want to make as your first one? No, thank you. No, okay. What do you think should be on our mountain of fashion? There was a kind of print that had never been invented before, and somebody said, what if lines went this way and lines went this way, and it sort of looked like a Scottish pattern? I give you plaid, and then the men went, I will wear head-to-toe plaid suits. Plaid and all the time. All the time, and high school Mike will think it's the coolest thing in the world, and adult Mike will be like, well, thank God that's one embarrassing fashion choice I didn't make. Speaking of Serpico, there is a scene where a bunch of cops show up for their first day of work, and every single one of them is wearing like the slacks of a cop and then just a plaid shirt. Mm-hmm. And nobody makes reference to it, so it's just that's how ubiquitous plaid was at the time, that everybody wore it all the time. Um, I'm, But you know what? I'm going to put that in the maybe pile. Ouch. Because that scene from Serpico was from when it, the 60s. So oh, I think flashback. I, I think I think plaid might have come from a little bit earlier, but we'll see. Okay. Well, tell that to my Google. Okay. I will tell it to your Google. And you know what? Ryan. Ryan's getting a point because I know he Do did it not. Do it again. I, I don't care. Jesus, Mike. Ryan. I don't know, tin cup this shit. I know that Ryan did not use Google. Is that correct, Ryan? Well, Google's is the name of the hill we sit on. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Google Hill. Mike. Google Hill. No, phone, please do not Google Hills. Um, <laughs> if I close my eyes and I imagine 1973, you know what pops up? Four numbers. One, nine, seven, three. Next thing, fifth thing that pops up, <laughs> women's blouses. I didn't know that there was a term for this, but they were all wearing them. And they're called peasant blouses. Peasant mm. blouses. And I don't know if you know exactly what that is, but if you looked it up, you're like, oh, yeah, every single woman in 1973. Like, It's also very fetching. Yes. Yeah. Um, little flowers right here. Like mm-hmm. little maybe sleeveless or like maybe a little bit of sleeve. Flowy, really Right flowy. where, Ryan? Use your words. Right where? Uh, what? Where are the flowers? You said little flowers right there. I'm just trying to paint a picture for the listeners. On boobies? Like the collar, maybe? Yeah, or it's the collar. collar. It's the décolletage. Yeah. The décolletage, which is a fancy word for cleavage. cleavage? Yeah. Cleavage, Ohio? Yeah. Cleavage, Ohio. Cleavage rocks. That you you will never get in trouble for saying your décolletage is simply bewitching. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you say them thangs thangin', mm-hmm. you are likely <laughs> to get in trouble in a number I, should, I don't of know. Ways. I think that's equally adorable in the opposite way. <laughs> All right, peasant blouses. That is our first entry onto the mountain. Not to keep arguing, uh, but I think that it was all. It's very 1973, but you because you could also see somebody trendy wearing it, and also somebody like, you know, a housewife, like yeah, a peasant, yeah, a legit peasant, (laughs) a serf, just just wearing it around, stomping on grapes in their farm. (laughs) Do you know putting on our peasant blouse and stomping on some grapes? (laughs) Oodalali, oodalali. Did you guys remember that Oodalali was such a, like, was the slang term of every character in Robin Hood? No, like Oodalali. <laughs> yeah, that has, like, a much bigger part in the movie than I feel like my memory of the movie yes. includes. Oodalali. All right, Mike. Only three spots left on this mountain. Let's fill them with fashion. Do you know what goes beautifully with a peasant blouse? A high-waisted miniskirt. All Them right. things were thangin'. Did I use that correctly? <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You nailed it. So you, you you want a crop top peasant blouse and then a high waisted miniskirt, uh, high waist sort of solid colors, plaids, patterns. 
that felt like you were kind of trying to like make a case for plaid again in there <laughs> right at the end. You know, all sorts of colors, plaids, for instance, real big in 73 plaid, if you think about Does it. Does big plaid have something on you? <laughs> uh, they have a lot of pictures of me in high school wearing plaid pants, Ryan. Plaid and pants. they will release them. High-waisted miniskirts find their way right on the island, uh, right on the, the mountain. The top of the skirt... Higher than ever. The bottom of the skirt, higher than ever. We've just completely changed the they sight They just pulled line. it up. I yeah. Think. <laughs> Almost at barrel height. <laughs> it's funny because high-waisted is how you can describe those skirts and me when we record a podcast. Nah. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. I'm sorry. Oodalali. I just, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm being a little too oodalali, I think, today. Yeah. You're, you're, you're flying off the handle here, buddy. Try to rein it in. All right, Ryan. Two spots left on our precious mountain. Now, Greg, uh, not being alive in 1973, which you mentioned in the opening of this mm-hmm. show, and I implore you to mention that in every show so people don't think we were fucking alive in 1973. We were not. Um, I didn't know about this article of clothing until a young man named Larry came along and had a series of video games about <laughs> jerking yes. off, I think. Yes. I don't know what they were. I think it was kind of about... Um, being a loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was what? mostly about being a loser and trying trying to hook up with women and just never never quite getting there. And th- these were like point and, were these were like Monkey Island games. Yeah, it was point and click. Yeah, yeah you, you have to get through. And uh, it had the coolest like age verification of all time. Uh, you had to be 18 to play the game, and so it would like ask you what a 401k is. <laughs> That's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> because no kid. I just want to get hard. What are you doing? <laughs> and then you play the game, and it's just like this is not this is not worth keeping. Yeah, from. I mean, was there any nudity or anything? I think you would occasionally get like a highly pixelated picture of like mm. a woman's bosom. Her bewitching decolletage, decolletage. if you will. <laughs> Made up of like 80 little squares. Now, see, that term, if it, if the game was like Harry Potter and the bewitching decolletage, oh, yeah. then you could trick kids into looking at boobs, which is not something you would ever uh, want to do. I love uh, trying to trick kids into <laughs> looking at boobs. But anyway, um, leisure suits, when Larry was wearing them in the mid-90s, not cool. In 1973, they were actually legit things to wear. And I feel so like... Legit. Part of it was that you could just hang it on a hanger in your backyard and just spray it with a hose, <laughs> and it would just like clean off real easy. That's all I'm looking for in clothes. Well, if you're doing the kind of activities the key parties and Larry were doing, yeah, you're gonna have to hose that shit down. And then there would just be another game where he's once again trying to get laid. Poor leisure suit Larry. Ryan. But good for Ryan because leisure suits right up on the mountain. It might not be high fashion now, but in '73. Ooh. Let's bring it back. Could the three of us bring it back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Definitely. Athleisure is very big. Just one step forward. I already sprayed down most back. of my clothes with a hose, so I'm halfway there, right? I mean, if you are at leisure, mm-hmm. no matter what you're wearing is a leisure suit. That's, I guess that's Whoa. true. Right? Same way if you're bathing, no matter what you wear, even if it's just your underwear, that's a bathing suit. Your underwear? Ryan. Stop. No. I'll stop. No. Don't get me started. Mike. Yes. There's only one spot left. Let's go to sort of like a lightning back and forth sort of sort of situation here. Do you know what you wear under that leisure suit is a paisley button up that you only button to right above the navel. Ooh, yes. Yes. Button up, not buttoned up. <laughs> Those buttons are for show, baby. Ryan. Uh what is more fun to wear than a 
leisure suit. It's a birthday suit. Oh. This is the uh, peak of streaking. Yeah, they call Greg. it the streak. And I want that represented on this mountain. Streaking. I want to see a naked Jefferson Davis. Nudity. Excellent. Mike, give me another one. We think of them from the 60s, but they were even bigger in the 70s in both terms, popularity and size. It's belled bottoms, baby. Bell bottoms. Yeah, I think that is something that we think of being uh, like in the 60s, but much more popular in the 70s. And as a frame of reference, check out that 70s show. No. Actually, wait. Don't check out yeah. that 70s show. Check out Topher Grace's cut of Phantom Menace. <laughs> Ryan, you got any more? Uh, yeah, I have got two uh, waffle stompers, which I thought was what you called when you like press mm. poop down the drain if you poop in the shower, oh, but awful. it's actually a type <laughs> of like hiking boot. Uh, and then uh, we thought of them as uh, I thought of them as from the '60s, but they're actually. Wait, from you're the doing 70s. two? Are you doing two back to back? I'm doing two. two in a row. You'll get to that's do crazy. some with the sa- but they're the same size in the '70s, and that's puka shells. Puka shells. Wow, man, you heard it here first. Puka shells, Mike. Mutton chops paired with mustaches. <laughs> we are... So that's just shaving the chin, then. Yeah, shaving that's the, the chin. That's the only thing that you're taking out. No, just shaving the chins of the chest area, Arthur. This you also have to sort of shave the corners of your lips. I am going to go with belled bivdebo bottoms, <laughs> and that means our 1973 Rushmore of fashion is a peasant blouse. A high-waisted mini skirt, a leisure suit for the boys, and bell bottoms for everybody. And that last one goes Mike to Mike. When we come back, let's get sexual. This movie is properly remembered as the movie that launched a, a thousand furries, but I think it's engaging with more than just that on the the level of sex and sexuality. Our Prince John and Sir Hiss the only interesting characters in the movie, in part interesting because they continue the tradition of queer Disney baddies. It's part of Prince John's deal, the fact that he can't be who he really is. Now, let's establish first, do we think that these are queer-coded, queer-coded, not queer-coded, characters? When you ask that, are you asking, do we think that the writers or animators purposefully put some stuff underneath? Yes. Do we think that uh, well, by having these two characters that like seem that there's like kind of in a relationship, one of them seems like neurotic, and they they basically read as sort of like a couple? Do we think that the movie is leaning into that? Yeah, I, I do think there's a history of Disney movies doing that much later, but and the end of Disney's dark period is Ursula, Mike, uh, Scar is mm. queer coded. That's they man, they love gay lions. Who doesn't? Honestly, <laughs> and it's, gay. And, gay. no, and gayness and, and gay gayness. villains to the point where it's it, like you have to ask yourself, is it, it it can't be so obvious that gayness is evil, that being queer is evil, but that being queer is fun and being a villain is fun. And that's right. where they overlap. That's it's, what we were talking l- about. Loud and flamboyant and boisterous. I don't think the Disney animators are saying gay is evil. I think so often villains are people's favorite characters because they are who they are. And they're big and campy. Yeah. And they're living in their truth. There's something about a a villain that's like, yeah, this is how I am and I'm Mm. comfortable with that. What's interesting about Prince John is he is not comfortable. Uh, Right. And, And that leads to like... Being a real fucking bitch, like uh, having tantrums and like really doing Mommy evil, issues. shitty things that are that go like he doesn't right. care about the money. He 
He cares about doing bad things so he other people. He sleeps in a big room with the money and he hugs it. But when yeah, he... but if you cared about the money, you wouldn't put people in jail because then they can't give you more fucking taxes. That's a bad <laughs> business plan, guys. I hate how much Mike has thought about this. Um, I would say it was probably the second scene or maybe the end of the first one with the two of them together. And they're basically always together. I mean, they are yeah. a they're a couple. Yeah. Uh, where I was like, his seems to make up like the entirety of his court. Uh-huh. Like and yes. Disney always does this. It's like rather than have a, a whole entourage, you have one person that is like the assistant well, of the head cannon is his knifed in the back and get, like talk shit on and gossiped and got the rest of the court thrown out. That's I mean, what that, I've decided. That's, 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 that's what George R.R. Martin is. That's what he does to Richard, right? right. He hypnotizes yeah. him, and, and we'll talk about the the Crusades in the, in our next segment. Uh, and yeah, it uh, sort of does that with Nottingham later, which tries to lead him in on the song and doesn't really stop Nottingham from singing the song. But about the end of the first scene with um, Peej and PJ. <laughs> PJ and Hiss, I was like, wait a second. What's going on here, Disney villains? And so I went to Google Hill to see what the other people were saying. And oh my goodness, the flood of responses. I didn't find like academic journal entries you know i didn't find anything like that but fan art there was there was a ton of fan art and about a billion blog posts about this kind of thing and so coded is uh, is hard you know because i want people to find the characters that they want to talk about whether it's relate to or find interesting or whatever whether or not the writers and director and animators you know, right. did it on purpose or not. And I think that there's... And it could have just been the voice actor, too. In that's a lot the thing, ways. is that yeah. the casting director, that's the person who was coding this, right? Because yeah. Peter Ustinov, who plays um, PJ, like, is just... And, and the brother Richard, Richard yeah. which is tour de force. Is just... <laughs> uh, Peter Ustinov and Peter Ustinov <laughs> uh, is known for just these, like, scenery chewing yeah queens he was that generation Stephen fry right and like uh won an oscar for spartacus i mean come on come on come well, on, well, come well, on. Please be said. <laughs> come on also it's uh, in the being like in the 70s 73 um specifically oh that's the year we're in. it does seem like he's like they're playing on repressed homosexuality that like yes. it has turned him into a child and he has an oral fixation oral very fixation. clearly um, and he's fixated on his mother. I do feel like they were kind of leaning into a psychoanalytical form of, honestly, a little bit, right? Because it's like obsessed. He's obsessed with his mom, and he like can't mm-hmm. function without her, and he's like kind of falling apart because she's not around anymore. And it's and it, I mean, it is this trigger word for him, where like he yeah. loses all control when she's mentioned. Yeah, and but the, I think it really comes down to the energy imbued by Ustinov in the performance. And I think we should also say, point out that the part of the question is, these, like, specifically Prince John, he's the bad guy in the movie, but is there anybody else that, like, approaches his, like, likability or, like, how interesting his character is? I think that there's multiple times where they take it too far because they don't know what to do because it's not a movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so there's no drama. There's no... It's uh, not clear why any scene would end. There's no stakes. Exactly, yeah. right? Like <laughs> Any uh, scene? It's does... <laughs> not clear why the movie ends. It's just like, and we're done. Some, he came I back, guess I he guess. saved some people. It's G- over. Guys, we've literally been here all night. 
please somebody have an idea um <laughs> college football parody boom bum, that's what bum, we're doing, we're doing. Bum, 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 bum. The, the voice actress is scottish but that is the worst scottish accent i've ever heard it really sounded like one of us was doing it it was absurd <laughs> but uh although there are times where it goes too far and he's too too villainous mm-hmm. when that doesn't happen he remains the only interesting character in the movie, the only other person who comes close is uh, Little Baloo because he reminds me of the show Tailspin, which I am still a big fan of. I mean, <laughs> it's even the same voice actor as Baloo. Like yeah. they really leaned into like, hey, every, you guys like Baloo? Well, we brought him back. It's this dude He's still here. We should uh, the other the other aspect of sexuality I, I want to hit on. We, we we would be remiss, which again, as a podcast, we have a terrible fear of being remiss uh, if we didn't mention that like. This movie, it didn't create furries, but like if you talk to a lot of people, it created individual furries, right? right? It unlocked it, in people. Every other, and then the, there's so many different kinds of sexuality, and every other one has existed throughout time. Yes. It feels like furries now. Furries are new. It's a new 20th century invention, and it might be because of this movie. Michael.Gravano at potfilter.com. Yeah, um, that's Mike's opinion that furries are new. I think that because fables have existed for a long time, there's always been people that are like. I, yeah, fuck Br'er Rabbit. It's still hard to not root for um, Robin and Marion to not get together. Uh, one, because they're the only uh, two of the same species in the movie that want to hook up. But also, going back to the... They prince, got energy. They got real energy, the, though. The Prince John thing. Um, one of his best moments is when he realizes that they are in love, and you right. think for a second... Uh, this is why he's going to pardon them, but he's just being a sarcastic bitch. And this is why he's, that's actually the reason why he's going to keep them apart is because they have something that he believes he will never have or is even allowed to have. Yeah, he is, he is a legit baby. And do you know, historically he is this big, a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Although I did read that historically that Richard, although beloved was the gay one. is a huge piece of shit. Oh, I was going to say there's, there's historians who say that Richard was actually a way bigger piece of shit because he was so warlike that he yeah. was the one who actually We'll get to it Jackson. in the next But we're going to get to it in the next segment, so don't bring it up. Find a guy from the past who wasn't a piece of shit. I, uh, find a guy. Um, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, but Invent also, a guy, get mad at him. There, <laughs> there is uh, a C. There's a part where uh, uh, Robin Hood and Maid Marian are talking about how they're going to get married. And to really underline... They're like, we'll have six kids. And she's like, we're going to have fucking 12 kids. <laughs> and is there a better way to indicate that some characters are about to get to fucking no, than talking that, about like six But for to her, that kids, could be one time. One litter. Yeah. 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 That them talking like that, and then their love, so they can't you the shitty can't you feel the love tonight. This is just <laughs> like in Parks and Rec, making out is code for yes. fucking. These yes. scenes are code for fucking. So everybody barging in them, it wasn't like, oh, they shared a tender moment. They were railing Foxy style. <laughs> and then Friar Tuck and the kids were just like, what? Also, I think it's way more, like, there's way more horniness between uh, Lil John Baloo and Robin when Lil John is literally wearing, like, uh, housewife lingerie yeah. cooking oh, yeah. up a meal. Yeah. And they're just talking. I like that. That got me hotter than <laughs> anything that happened between Robin and Marion. We haven't talked that much about Robin Hood. In fact, we kind of glossed over him when we immediately jumped to Prince John. But he is specifically, he's the one, right? I like, just like, And is it his yeah. personality? He's is handsome. it because he's drawn so handsome? I think, I mean, the art is clearly something, but I, I do think that, that, I think there was a voice acting change and they didn't get who they wanted, whoever that was. 
And so they got this Carrie other Elwes. character actor. And I think there's some there's just there's something about how he's just like this. Just barely like he's just there. And it's so and he's different so than cool. So different than all other character Mm-hmm. Uh, like cartoon characters that you would hear because you would think that like oh Robin Hood and I'm in a movie and the fact that he's not that I think does so much yeah for me uh, it's it's Mrs. Cluck she's the yeah you like her yeah Cluck. I just I like the way she's built man she's I, got I the don't decolletage. know yeah gotta, gotta go with that also I, uh, she Mrs. Cluck is borderline Bluey's dad as far as like I'll take the sword I'll stab myself I'll yeah. do yeah, the death she's like, yeah she's, she's so she's, fun uh, I do think that they're also doing something with Marianne where she is a cartoon fox, but they never let you see her ears or her head. They're like, the most medieval thing is her, even for the audience when she's alone with her lady in waiting. And I think that's all very personal. And be like, oh, now you see a little bit more of her forehead and ankle. You like that pervert? <laughs> I, I also think it's weird you never get to see her titties or her ass. <laughs> it was a different Go to the websites time. I go to, my friend, and you it will. It was a different time. They were not going to put that in a Release movie. Release the titties and ass cut. When <laughs> Zack Snyder, you coward. When we come back, we are going to check in with the best film critic to ever do it. It's Descripto the Magnificent. Descripto the Magnificent. Descripto the Magnificent has been called the best reviewer there ever was, the best there is, and the best there ever will be. Yeah, that's right. He's the Brett, the hitman heart of film critics. And we don't always like his takes, but they're strong. They come in hot, and um, they are canonical. It's like I don't like his takes, but I know when you're done reading them that they have become mine now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's such That's a good point. how powerful he is. Such a good point. So let's get into it. I have obscured the names of the movies, and I would like you gentlemen to guess just by how well Descripto gets in there and talks about the movie, um, which movie he is referring to so let me get all the way to the end of the review that's going to include saying this how many stars he gives it um and then you can ring in with your name and guess so here we go there's a plethora of tykes as featured players leaving little doubt that this was squarely aimed at youngsters it was cute i could have done without the songs though the song blank was nominated for an oscar but deservedly lost to the way we were Three stars. Mike. Mike. Robin Hood. Oodalali, oodalali, oodalali A. That is Mike. One point for Mike. When I first saw this movie in the early 70s, I was young and very impressed with it. Though viewing it today, I wish I had left that memory undisturbed. The movie was poorly acted and with horrible mood music that was downright irritating. This is not the best performance by the leading actor. I would advise passing on the purchase of this movie. This movie aged very badly. Two stars. Ryan. Ryan. Passing on the purchase. That's a weird way to put that. Yeah, uh, that's an odd way to put that, Descripto. Uh, Serpico. That is that was Serpico. Because the, the music. The music sucks. <laughs> Dude, uh, we have had our back-to-back worst music <laughs> movies of all time. You know what, uh, Hollywood? Uh, reverse them. I want to see Serpico singing Oodalali. Yeah. I want to see the mood music from Serpico in Robin Hood. Going to the washroom, maybe give a blowjob. Oodalali, <laughs> oodalali, Serpico all day. Um, let's see. Typical 70s slasher mystery movie. Not the best, but had some suspense. 
three stars for this Mike. typical 70s slasher movie. Mike. Ryan. Sisters. It is sisters. Uh, of all the things. Ryan. You could, I mean, obviously it's descripto. So he's right and I'm wrong. And this feeling of really, that's typical to you. Sisters is a, a typical slasher movie. Okay. I, it's true, but I didn't know it. It kind of upset me. All leads fully complement themselves and the movie. They just don't make films like this anymore. Five stars. Mike. Mike. Mean Streets. Not Mean Streets. Ryan, do you have a guess? Ryan's shaking his head no. His mouth absolutely full of beer. Just swallow it. Nope. Okay. Um, well, the movie... I'm. I, you know what I'm going to guess? Was it The Sting? It was. Good job, Greg. Uh, Good job. Sting. The Sting. Uh, the Sting, I think, Mike, probably in the lead for the movie that has most been remarked. They don't make them like this anymore. Yeah, that's true. Right. Of all movies. And I liked how all, all leads fully complement themselves. What is that? One of my favorite movies, and I love watching it at any time I'm sitting around with nothing to do. It's a great movie for a rainy day. Love the background music. It is so reminiscent of my teenage years. They don't make them like this nowadays. Love it. Five stars. Okay, so they weren't a teenager in the 1800s, so it's not The Sting again. It's probably not going to be The Sting again. No. All right, I'm going to say Mike. Mike. And I'm going to say Westworld. <laughs> I not not Westworld, full of wonderful music from childhood. But Ryan, any guess, Ryan? Nope. No, I've been hearing no guess from Ryan. Mike, that movie was American Graffiti. Ah, uh, gosh darn it. I forgot we were doing that. They just don't make them. They just don't make like them. Like that nowadays. And they, right. By they, he means George Lucas. He just doesn't. Yeah, they, like just, they just do space operas now. Uh, let's see. A visual gem. <gasps> However, the story is somewhat disturbing because the child protagonist leaves a good home for someone who, for all intensive purposes, <laughs> is an adult. Is not an adult. For all intensive purposes, is not an adult, Mike. However, they just don't make them like this <laughs> anymore. Two stars. Okay. I know this can't be right, but the only thing my brain is giving me, Mike, Mike. big. Is not, it big? Not no, wait. Ryan. Ryan. What were you going to say, Mike? Last Tango in Paris. Last Tango in Paris. Ryan, I'm going to read it for you again because I could tell that you were not paying attention to me. A visual gem. However, the story is somewhat disturbing because the child protagonist leaves a good home for someone who, for all intensive purposes, Ugh, come on, is not an adult. That's how you say it, Ryan. We didn't know until just now. <laughs> I thought it was for all end tense and purposes. Yeah, but well. no, it's intensive purposes. Is not an adult. However, they just don't make them like this anymore. Is this uh, Ryan? Ryan. Not is this Ryan? I, no. That's not the title. Is it Paper Moon? It's Paper Moon. I thought you would get that. Right. I thought you would get that if you just attended to me. Uh, I, I will pay attention, Greg. I'm sorry. Please pay attention all the way through the segment. What? Last one, gentlemen. Here we go. Ryan. 
you couldn't make this movie today, but it should be considered a classic of the detective genre. The Naked Lady Neighbors alone would get you canceled from here to next Tuesday. Four stars. Ryan. I heard Ryan first. What? Goodbye. Goodbye. That was a long goodbye. You're sort of answering in the form of a puzzle. I love it. Ryan. Ryan. There you go. Well, that's how we feel about these movies, everybody. For all intensive purposes, those opinions have become our own, and our relationship to grammar may have changed forever. When we come back, it's time to talk a little about politics. All right, I want to talk a little bit about taxes and politics here in this movie. What exactly are the politics of this movie? The rich are evil, but taxes are evil and taxes are a mechanism for taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich. And so what we should do is have some way in which we sort of confiscate money from the rich and reallocate it to the poor. But taxes are are bad. Did you just describe every political party? <laughs> I, I think it's heavily libertarian. Yes, right. right? Which is, does that kind of go without saying in this era of Disney? Like that, I feel like Disney is sort of like walking that fine line of like Ayn Rand at this point, kind of like we're all princes and we're all in charge of our own destiny and we all can be great if we want to be, but like these big cultural forces might constrain us. But is that Ayn Rand or is it some of us are great and we should look up to them, but if you're not, fuck off. Like stop fucking complaining. Yeah, I would say that that her idea is that the great are constrained by the average, mm-hmm. right? By the mediocre, and, yeah. And that's what society is like set up to do. And I feel like Disney has that same thing, which is like let's follow someone who's a prince, which I think is not supposed to be just like a no- or a princess, which is not supposed to just be a rank of nobili- nobility in a Disney world, but it's supposed to like show that you are you have like you are a main character, you are po- divinely chosen. Yeah, you have the right. potential to be great without being the one. Robin Hood is the one. I mean, not only does he have literally every peasant looking up to him and relying on him to literally pay the bills. Yeah, they can't do shit. But also, if you knock me while I'm shooting my arrow, I will, on my stork legs, shoot another arrow perfectly so it will then go into the bullseye. He he does have borderline superpowers. And that's and I always feel like that's part of what is kind of like annoying about the Robin Hood story. Can't he just be like good at shooting arrows? Why does it have yeah. to be that like he always does these trick shots like from a from like a western or what, something? Well, this movie is half western, okay, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess that's why. What he always does, right. no matter in every iteration, is if you hit in the bullseye, yes. he hits your arrow He's, in the middle of in the middle of your Robin arrow. Split his arrow in twain. <laughs> Uh, I like at least this is not the no this is certainly the worst Robin Hood movie we've covered I can't I can't remember the order of the sentence oh yeah even the one I accidentally watched when we did Robin Hood Prince of Thieves and there's like an actual oh the Fox TV movie yeah Yeah. even that's better than this one the Uma Thurman right yeah Uh because it gives you like a little something and everybody has an English accent in that one (laughs) which you are hard pressed to get a Robin Hood where everybody has an English accent they'll always throw in a few people yeah Carrie Elloways likes to point that out. <laughs> uh, somebody online did point out, though, that actually at this time, everybody should have French accents because this is like right after the Norman invasion. And like um, the like the kings of England at this time were actually like f- like French kings. That's going to confuse kids. Come on. <laughs> I'm so fuck of 
fucking sick of hearing about this guy, Norman. Like, who was this Just dude? Just stay out, buddy. Norm. You, his friends called him Norm. You okay, not, Norm. He came in. You are not invited. Um. Also, do we care? Like, I feel like the movie is trying to get us to care about the idea of the non-divinely appointed king is the bad guy. So many movies try to right. do this. Like, does this work for American audiences? Like, oh, the steward is bad. The the, the, God, the king that God put on the throne, that's the one we yeah, really fuck need. fuck that. It, no. Uh, <laughs> that is <laughs> not why. Yes. yes. It, it's also uncomfortable when they're like, well, cowardly Prince John took over the throne and started taxing us because King Richard was leading God's charge into the Middle East in the Great Crusades. I was like, whoa, cartoon. Okay, but you wait. You said a mouthful. Hang on. That, that I agree with that movie. I think that the Crusades always hangs over the Robin Hood story and yeah. ruins it, right? And this movie, does the only thing that they took time to do is they made sure that we understood that it's not that Richard wanted to go and fight in the Crusades, which the real mm-hmm. guy did. He was so horny for genocide. But but in this one, Peach tricked him into hiss. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PJ gets him. hiss. But the, the the townsfolk still call it the Great Crusade. They're still they're like it's fucked up that he got tricked into doing yeah. it. But it is good. And that's you know like honestly, that's another uncomfortable reality is that the actual guy, King Richard, was loved for going on those crusades and he was thought of as a strong and effective leader and his brother who didn't want to do stuff like that and who did who was not a dowdy warrior even though some people say historically he may have been the better king the people never loved him because it is this this evilness in politics often comes from the populace itself you know that that, and that's the flaw in populism is people right like not bad leaders but a bad well yeah i mean like only people like me should have a vote if we're like, yeah. if we're being honest like uh, i hear that more and more from all sorts of different people but like what was king richard so beloved in part because he actually he was like we should go to war or do this thing and i'm gonna go too yes and that's like yeah that's super baller yeah, yeah that if, from the front yeah that if you you yourself actually go out and fight because the middle ages i think was like wow that was how that was ending like eventually somebody is like i don't think it's a great idea to send off the executive of the entire state and have him go and actually you fight need, you everybody. need stunt doubles right you, yeah. you don't send yeah. your actor let's say sean connery to do the dangerous thing you send stunt doubles or I, you send, tom, send joe biden send dark brand or you send tom fucking cruise well yeah right because it's both things he is the one he's the actual he's the chosen one. uh right. i've never i don't think i've ever seen a scene and this means literally nothing Okay, you guys are much better historians than I am. I've never seen a single thing in the history of all of my media watching that makes King Richard the Lionheart look like anything less than a perfect human being. Yeah, right. Right. And I mean, again, like this is somebody who decamps from his own home and travels thousands of miles to go attack. Like the the this is the third crusade. During like the first couple of crusades, they didn't even know what they were going to find over there. They accidentally took Jerusalem, and they weren't sure what to do with it because they were like, ah, we didn't think this was going to be successful. These are like the worst <laughs> things Europe has ever done, and that always hangs over. That's a big call. Honestly, and- dude, it's it's among the, the, the worst things mm-hmm. European kings have ever done because they all and ganged I- up to do it, too. Uh, a fucked up thing is part of why everybody hated the real PJ is because his taxes, but his dumb shit, brutal brother got kidnapped, yes. got captured, and so he raised the taxes to raise money to release their idiot king hostage. If we can get back to the movie real quick, 
Uh, no. No. <laughs> Uh, and, but also history and blah blah blah. Ryan. Uh, okay. The legend of Robin Hood, because this is, I mean, would, does this even does, does this count as an adaptation at this point? I say yes. I mean, well, it, it it is certainly adapting five to seven hundred years of stories about Robin like, Hood. But no single book, no single author. No. Right. It was a bunch of songs and poems and folk tales, and that's what's fucked up. It, like it was a couple hundred years before Marion showed up. Uh-huh. And that was a different and Robin in a song that, and they're like, well, just throw it together. We're confusing. Friar Tuck showed up later. Like The first so, one was Dick Grayson, and then. <laughs> right. Does it need to take place in the Crusades if it is this hodgepodge? There, there's certain things that have been calcified and canonized. They're like, well, but well, clearly he has to have murdered some brown people before he comes <laughs> back to help the poor people, right? Well, that's sort of what I'm saying is that you sort of have this responsibility slash weird, uh, I don't know, like shopping spree when you tell a robin hood story of you have so much to choose from also you are calcifying for the future yeah if your movie hits now not every movie hits there was believe it or not a russell crowe robin hood that no one remembers remember even less than that there was a uh guy from sons of anarchy yeah dude guy Ritchie. it's public domain so like they're gonna there's natalie portman in one there's going to be by the time this podcast comes out there's gonna be three more robin hood movies starring us as there, Robin's Hood. As Robin Scab. There was going to be a shared Robin Hood universe, so there's going to be Scarlet. Hell yeah, Will Tuck. Scarlet. And then each one was going to get their movie before they met up as the Merry Men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, it sounds no, yeah. like I'm making that it up. That was the I'm Guy not, Ritchie that thing, was going like to the happen. shared universe of Robin Hood. But my point is that you can choose whatever you want, and so watching Robin Hood movies, knowing that is really interesting because you get to, what did they focus on then? Yeah. And mm-hmm. this movie focused on, for a long, long right. time... In a movie with no structure or plot whatsoever, um, towers, uh, prisons of cute animals starving. Yeah. Uh, like, I, we can't pay our bills, so we are going to be left to die. And, like, hopefully the animal that's bigger than me will, like, have a crumb fall off their food so that my family right. can eat. And th- those are large segments of the movie. That's what they chose to focus on. We're talking about, like, one of the... Most iconic heroes of all time, you know, if we're talking about all of literature and, you know, uh, Little Baloo says this at the beginning, like, hey, Robin, clear this up real quick for the audience. Are we good or are we bad? Yes. Like, could you like uh, straight up say what our pitch is real quick? Uh, And so we could have had many adventures of daring do. But this is what they chose to focus on is give me taxes. Give me more taxes. And is there something beyond westernizing the story is there some sort of now? Like, when you say that, do you mean Americanizing or like literal well, wild, wild west? Because I, I, I want to move even away from the west, and I want to say that this movie seems to build a bridge between medieval England and the American South in a way right. that, like, I feel like we have to probe that for meaning. The, what I researched is what Mike said, where four people ran into a room, they all pitched the because Walt was dead, they were like. Yes to all. Until they just included everything. <laughs> or they had already signed the actors that were that were going to be in this Western version of Robin Hood that they were going to film, but they all like they were on contract, so they said, Well, we're not gonna do the Western anymore, but they're all, they're gonna be in the movie. So we have these well hello, they're a partner people in the movie. Yeah. Cause I just But I, it does it, Greg, I think what you were hinting at, it does seem like is this about like the North and the Reconstruction and like it kind is of, the North Prince John? <laughs> like what the fuck are you this is saying? I, I I feel like that at least creeps into it, you know, and especially mm. with the the history of, of Disneyland or Disney. 
and the history of like the way in which the American South has been seen as like a uh, an honor culture, like a, a chivalric sort of like remnant. Um, right. That that you know, in the Civil War, England sent over emissaries to see if they should get involved on the side of the South, and they felt like they that the the English gentry were a lot more like southern landowners than anyone sure. in, in the north of, of america any of these dang old yankees uh but it's hard to say anything about this movie that kind of doesn't start with okay well they want to just throw all this crap together so i think that yeah. that like that is kind of a more convincing argument than they were trying to say something it was like they just dumped everything they had there's, into this movie it's i mean there's five six twelve cohesive or there's five six twelve messages because there is no cohesive message yeah mm-hmm and all of this leads to, too, all the stuff that we've been saying, it just leads to the fact that, like, it's shocking how little screen time or importance to anything Robin Hood has. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, he's it, he is in a shocking man. It's crazy how long, slow, starving townsfolk scenes there are. And what's Robin? Where Where is he? Again. In all those scenes. I, just, I would love to hang out with him, in, as Ryan says, Little Baloo. Oh, oh a, a weirdly pieced together movie. <laughs> Speed round. Uh, does it seem like Little John is just a big dude, whereas the sheriff from Nottingham is dangerously overweight, Ryan? Uh, he, they like, uh, they have get, a belly off. They get him to sit on that little stool watching the, like, guarding the prison, and he, he is, he's dangerously fat. Yeah. Yeah. But you type you, two for sure. You think that it's, it's worse than, than Little John? Uh, yeah. I think Little John's spry. How about you know? Friar Tuck? I think Little John is got, like got a lot of muscle under there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Friar Tuck is like an old wrestler. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Friar Tuck is just—he's uh, got that advancing age weight. Yeah. But Sheriff Nottingham is beer belly. Fucking, I, I am nervous about his future. I have to yeah, say, when you don't want to carry weight that way, right? No. When the description said it's the brown fat, that's what he's covered in his organs. Uh, the description said he is a wolf, and I was shocked. Yeah. I was sure it was yeah. some weird Yo. fat. You are Mammal a pig thing. with uh, like gray ears. <laughs> that is what happens when the the wolf is instead of being out there in the forest as a wild animal is li- leaving uh, eating off the table scraps of society. It gets fat and complacent. But I love when the like the big evil monster just like, talks like this. Yeah. yeah. What that? happened to that voice? Here what I can't can. we just reveal our real voices right now, boys? <laughs> We no, left, never. We, all talk we like left this here voice in the westerns. Kind of the the mayor from Deadwood was kind of still doing uh-huh. that, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Eb, uh, does it feel like the creators kind of forgot to end this movie? Does it more stop than come to any sort of conclusion, Mike? It is bold choice to just have scenes and scenes that are like <laughs> skits. Bolder choice to be like the king's back. We're married. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> what? Good movie. No everybody. sort of narrative. Thanks for watching. No, no, no climactic fight. No, nothing. They're just in special jail where they break up rocks now. But the two fucking vulture guards see a cab man includes those. So the sheriff. Yeah, they got off. But they're now guarding. Fuck trigger, that, man. trigger in this trigger and nutsy medieval, you know, uh, adventure trigger and nutsy. Yeah. Um, what color is Robin Hood's hat in this? Green. Green. Uh, okay. It is sometimes, this is how cheap this movie is. It is sometimes green, it's sometimes yellow, and it's sometimes brown. 
Well, he has different hats because he gives the rabbit boy one of them. That one changes colors. He also uh, leaves in the, in the first scene where they're running from the guards. He leaves the hat in the water. And then the next scene, he is running with a hat on. So what the hell? They have so many. Little wow. John has said, I have one hat. Robin yeah. has infinite hats. Um, does this movie rely a little too heavily on improbable disguises? Like... What do you buy Robin Hood as a stork? Do you buy Robin Hood as a vulture guard? Not that one. The that was sock. the worst he of threw his disguises. A sock on his <laughs> and then he just hunched that over Misty, Mr. Burns style. And but Sheriff of Nottingham, that future diabetes patient, was just like, no, that's clearly Trigger. Yeah, so we're fine. I know that guy. It's Trigger. Well, he's playing on the sheriff's racism. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably but true. Robin as a hot Roma lady, I buy that. <laughs> I'll buy that every day of the week, buying stock yeah. in that. How did this movie pick through all the different areas where it would potentially become racist? They actually did the whole fortune teller thing, and they were Roma coded or whatever, but nobody said the G word. It, it yeah. I felt like it kind of stayed on the rails. Uh, I, just thank God he didn't like get a handful of mud and wipe it on his face. I was holding my breath <laughs> this entire movie, and yeah. I swear, I think it does. We'll get to the cringe part, but we'll see. Um... Richard and John's niece is a fox, which is a weird choice. Is there something unusual about, like, in this universe, a fox has to marry a fox, and, like, the rabbits have a bunch of rabbit kids? Are, does the movie navigate these things very well, or does it feel a little uncomfortable coming from Disney? I think I think it would just be confusing if like the turtle's mom was a rabbit. Well, is it confusing that new... lions have a have a fox for a niece? Well, I think it's niece in the royal term. Yeah. Also, she's the the credits the opening credits let you know she's a vixen. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> uh, my eyes let me know that. <laughs> Mike uh, is Robin Hood to the Disney oeuvre. What Robin the Hood is to the Sublime oeuvre, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, that's the worst Sublime album. God, that is by far the worst Sublime. And honestly, right. we used to think that was like not saying that much. Now, as adult people, I think we can agree <laughs> that's really saying something. This is like before <laughs> these guys had stolen enough, uh, enough instruments to actually have any talent. <laughs> to have a real band? Yeah, they had not. April 26, 1992, changed that band. They hadn't good. finished Robin the Hood just, just quite yet. When we come back, we're going to give this movie some awards and... I'm going to remember about recommendations. This movie was nominated for one Academy Award for that song, Love. Uh, Water is there. Is, is that love? I, I don't know. It's just the worst thing that, that ever happened. So to make up <laughs> for that, we are going to give it some awards. And first, start off with a sweet recommendation. Mike, if you... Liked or didn't like, I guess, Robin Hood. Yeah. What should you check out? If you want a fuckable Fox movie that's not this one, that does hang I'm on listening. a bit more of a plot, uh, is also from the dark period of Disney. I have not watched it in 20 years, so I maybe it's just as bad, but in my I memory it is better. I have never been so excited on this yeah. podcast. And it looks, it's a better looking movie, and it's, it's a great movie about friendship and about how you got to leave your friends uh, to go fuck this is not a song of south is it no it's okay. fox in the hound it's it's the fox in the hound oh okay very good sometimes you got to leave your friends and go out and start your own destiny right just hang out with uncle remus is that's what you thought i was gonna say but i would never i, I was hoping you weren't going to and you didn't so fox in the hound mike haven't seen it in 20 years uh but you recommend it and todd the fox even though he doesn't wear clothes 
He's a hot fox. And you're suggesting people jerk off to this movie? I think so. I anytime <laughs> I recommend any movie, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ryan, what is your recommendation? Uh, this was a low, low point for Disney that really continued until The Little Mermaid came out. And we're, Little Mermaid came out 16 years after. Wow. Uh, Crazy. So, yeah, I think this probably started wow. in 70 or so, basically with Walt Disney's death until The Return of Disney, continuing to The Rescuers Down Under. The Rescuers came out in this fallow part, and then they were <laughs> like, let's do a sequel. Maybe that will get us back. Let's send them to Australia. Um, there was one movie that came out uh, it's called Pete's Dragon, and I won't mm. recommend that. What I will do is recommend <laughs> David Lowry's remake, the only good remake of Disney's whole Let's Redo Our Past. Uh, was not a success in theaters. Nobody went to see it because nobody cared about the first one. But David Lowry, which is one of my favorite directors, he also made a ghost story. Uh, is, That's so crazy. Yeah, is also making <laughs> is also remaking Disney movies. And this movie fucking rules. It uh, is one of the few movies where it feels like he had a literal story to tell and a, a take on this old Disney movie that I don't think I've ever seen before. I don't think I've seen the 70s version of Pete's Dragon. Um, but Is it's, that one called Puff the Magic Dragon? No. That's a different movie? Yeah, that's a Jeez different movie. Louise. Um, this, uh, the Pete's Dragon, the Disney one, was a live-action animation sort of mix. Yeah. Combo, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really really good. And does he do the whole Khaleesi thing where he goes nuts and like nukes the whole town with his dragon because he gets angry? Yeah, for sure, he Fuck does his that. Nephew. Uh, uh, light spoilers for Game of Thrones. There, after he spends nine minutes eating a pie, <laughs> and the camera never leaves him. <laughs> I love it. My recommendation is if you want classic English characters, and you want sort of like this uh, sketch style and you want it to be from disney uh sword in the stone i think gives you everything this movie gives you but a million times better it's underrated yeah uh it's ba- i think part of why it sticks together a little bit better is it's it's based on a novel the once in Fu- once in future king um very cool very fun um i still when i want to enjoy a turkey leg i still think of this movie and how scrumptious it made turkey legs look the merlin is so awesome in this um and stayed around right like that's the iconic part from this movie like oh, you, yeah. you might find the him merlin fight scene uh him versus i forget the villain in that but that when they're changing into different things yeah. that seems dope and him like uh he turns wart king the young the king arthur to be uh into different animals and so he's like a fish mm. for a while and it's just it's delightful uh it still has a presence in the disney parks if you go into disneyland you can still try to pull the sword out of the stone uh and it's just it's just a good a good fun time I uh, i've never seen it you've never seen it Mm-mm. i i don't know what, what it would be year? like to, let's do it to be an adult uh to watch it for the first time but i loved it when i was a kid it got me really into arthurian legend and uh i've been very cool ever since All right, let's move on to the awards. Let's start with pound for pound performance. Ryan, who Uh, you got? You got to go Peter Ustinov here. Uh, Ustinov, double dudes. I thought a little, there's one other one. I thought about Sir Hiss, who I read was hired because he had a gap in his teeth, which made him sound like a snake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Uh, Peter Ustinov just being like, um, this guy, he's not a star, but he- But he Ustinov. He- he does star making things. Right. <laughs> think about it. It's a thinker. Um, and yeah, like 
and what a classic thumb sucker this guy is. You know, he just knows what Man, that sounds like. Really going to town yeah, on just... that bad boy. You got to appreciate that. What do you say, Mike? Do you agree? Disagree? Other? It's undeniable Ustinov. Yeah. So hard to say. Got to give it to, to both of you. Uh, honestly, like, I don't think this, I don't think it would be possible to get through this movie without him. <laughs> like, yeah. it is really, like, Robin Hood is medium this, but he's the only reason to watch the movie. Um, all right. Very good. How about director's signature? Ryan, you remember the name of this director. Would you say it now? Would you have the microphone? Yeah, I did some uh, research on this director, uh, Wolfgang. Oh, shit. I forgot his name. Reitherman. 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 Wolfgang Reitherman. And he was. He's one of the nine old men. He's one of the nine old men. And I, I read. I love that. I read that. Um, Very spooky. Of the nine old men, he was, believe it or not, the one who was like the most demanding and he would scream about what he wanted. The guy named Wolfgang Reitherman <laughs> was the one who would scream at you. Very it's weird how he showed up in the States around 1946, 1947. That is interesting. Yeah. Where do you come from? Oh, Europe. <laughs> Des Moines. <laughs> uh, so, Ryan, what do you think is the most nine old man moment of the movie? I think that uh, Wolfgang Reitherman's and uh, we've talked about how he screwed this movie up, but also he was screwed, right? Like, it is his fault that the budget went so over. But also, typically, they would have given more money, you know? And there was something about this movie that they were like, no, nah. absolutely not. Well, you'd be getting more money. Movies go over budget all the time, and they get more money. Um, but I think that what he did with his animal choices for each role, and then also watching the animals move, I, I think from when I was a kid to now watching those rhinos and how much bigger they were and watching Robin Hood just dance, watching Robin Hood cook, whether it's with a sword or jumping from ledge to ledge, yeah. just I, the attention paid to how they move, I, I think is a Wolfgang Reitherman thing. All right. Excellent. Movement. Mike, what do you got? Uh, our Wolfgang Reitherman uh, also directed The Jungle Book and the Aristocats. Oh my two god! Two of the three. So he was not just drawing scenes. from random movies. Yeah, you're allowed two to of do the that, three right? He lifted the naked gun. And stole jokes from the show Police Squad. That's fine, right? <laughs> exactly. So he went like, "Do you know what I really did good on? Those dancing and those ones. So I'm gonna just do them again here, baby. I think I'm gonna give it to that. I liked your answer to uh, Ryan, but I think being like. I captured the movement perfectly. And I guess it's a little bit like what Ryan said, but the specificity of I'm going to take these dances from these actual movies that I made and then we will just kind of read, like kind of trace over them. I saw someone making a case online that uh, it's actually as much, if not more work to reuse it. than to Yeah. Do <laughs> I love that line of reasoning. Well, it's I, so obviously not true. Yeah. I think that it's, what, y people don't give enough credit to creativity, you know, yes, like to yeah. come up with the ideas of movement is a lot harder than right. just the tracing tracing. I would argue that though we respect anchors. We do. We do. I, I would argue that this movie does a pretty good job of not inducing cringe. Mike, would you agree with that? And what do you think was the cringiest moment? No, it, it was shocking for just the era and the company didn't it feel like it was coming like, every second. Like you'd see a bird, and you'd be like, "Uh oh, here we go. What's this bird's voice going to sound like?" You'd be like, "Oh, that's not so bad." Who's this fucking uh, racist bird? Yeah, it, it it really is. Everybody just being the Crusades are great is the only <laughs> thing I could land on. <laughs> okay, that is pretty. That is pretty cringy, Ryan. It'd be so hard though for a 
73-minute movie to get into the details of why the Crusades may not have been a good idea. I picked the football scene. I just like, where yeah. is this coming <laughs> from? <laughs> is <laughs> Seth MacFarlane involved in this movie? Because otherwise, why is this joke here? No, it just made him. <laughs> I think I'm going to give that one to Mike. All right, now let's get to the ones that are special just for Robin Hood. Uh, we've talked a lot about how super sexy the animals in this movie are. What's the foxiest moment, though, Ryan? Oh, uh, I mean, there's so many things that I understand. I, I understand why people took this movie to heart. But um, there's one point where when they're dressed as Romas. Yes. Uh, the Roma people. And the Roma people. And uh, Robin Hood dresses a fucking hot woman, woman and he's got the big hoop earrings, which uh-huh. I'm mm-hmm. in the bag for. Mm-hmm. Uh, tries to stop. Lil Baloo from going any further, and where does he put his hands but on his big bosom? And that <laughs> is the hottest moment of the movie. <laughs> Mike, agree? Disagree? It's it's impossible to disagree because that is the sexiest moment <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> Ryan, Mike. All right, I'll give it to both of you. Uh, this movie is famously from the 70s. It's from 1973. Uh, what is the most 70s thing that happens, Mike? Uh, we kind of hinted at it already in one of the numerous chase scenes. They just start Scooby doing. They just start. <laughs> they run off. These one tents side. are very orderly. They just yeah, and it's just like okay, this. I don't know when this was clever, but it's just it's Scooby Doo, the monkeys. Everybody was fucking doing it. It's crazy. Everybody was doing it, baby. It was it, super cool. It's so obvious that what they're doing is taking like three seconds of animation and using yes. it for like a minute. But like, that's not. That's not fooling anybody. This has a longer running time than most of the Walt Disney features before this. Don't have that. Why, though? Yeah, like, I mean, I can't imagine kids in the, like, a, a theater full of kids in 1973. I really can't imagine them just sitting and watching this entire movie. Like, it, there's so much filler <laughs> in it. And that's got to be your one job as a kid's movie, right? Keep the kids, like, from, from moving around. I checked at the uh, end of the opening credits, which is opening credits with clips from the rest of the movie like yeah yeah but with no backgrounds again just very tv style right like a little snippet of everybody with their name like one of those dun, 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 tv specials that yeah. we would get as kids um don't have that just don't have it yeah. uh, i have the same thing uh when i saw that we have this award this week of 70s moment i was thinking of looking for something where like robin hood just accidentally calls something groovy baby or something <laughs> but no it's the 70s style of yeah. this monkeys uh, Josie and the Pussycats, Jabberjaw mm-hmm. yeah. moment. Well, actually what it is, is the time that um, Robin Hood dresses up as Serpico. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, where that, the, that was close. The full <laughs> Serpico ensemble. Well, all that we can do here is take an itty-bitty little break, and then we're going to talk about whether or not we think Robin Hood has what it takes I think it does. to oh, take wait. down this whole bracket. And then... We'll see who won this individual episode. I am imagining a very coveted episode for both of our panelists <laughs> when we come back. Like we we cannot finish talking about this movie without pointing out that um, Baloo goes by like the Lord of Chutney mm-hmm. for a while. That has to be simply has to be mentioned. Uh, Ryan, you will be this week's Lord of Chutney because you won forty to thirty four. So Damn, you, son. You took home the most coveted prize 
It's because he likes the movie so much. It's because you don't love fucking do that shit. No, if this gets so around the campus, much. I'm gonna get the shit kicked out of me. Mike, can we talk to you now? Because uh, look, I'm not saying on air uh, that Tukibuki was kicked out of the competition because of Robin Hood, but you were a big proponent in the bracket for this movie. Can you now say that this is the worst movie we've ever done? Uh, I would have to look at all the movies we've ever done. Uh, I had fun watching this movie. It's not a good movie, but I had fun. Uh, There's moments where you're like, I'm, I'm okay with that this it is, is happening. culturally relevant. Yes. And we hate to be remiss on this podcast. Dude, and we honestly, fucking, that's the worst thing we could possibly remiss do. Remiss me with that bullshit. Am I right? Great. Yes, Greg, you're right. But yeah, I feel like we did have to do it, right? If only to get all the hate mail. Like, yeah. We people, love our hate mail. We're yeah, filthy little pigs ha- for it. have a reaction to this. And it's like, even though it's a 73 movie, because as we discussed, the VHS thing, it like had this life in our childhoods that like almost nothing else does, you know? And so it like, we had a little bit of experience with it. I don't want to watch Robin Hood right now, but I want to smell a clamshell. Oh my gosh. I would just love to like open one up. Gosh. It was like, there was so much more, I don't know, gravitas yeah. with it. Than like you. you were going to watch a movie. You know what I did to, I, <laughs> I filmed. I logged on to Mike's Disney Plus and I just said, play Robin Hood. Does not have me. the same gravitas. It's just not the same as like cracking open that and then putting it in, like adjusting the tracking. You and know? then as it's going through the boring credits, just opening and closing it yeah. over and over again to hear yeah. that click. To the point where your little brother fucking says, please stop <laughs> doing that. So what do we think? I mean, I don't know if it can win overall, but do we think this is going to go pretty deep? I, I, uh, I would venture to say... That this will not this will be nominated for zero shishies or I'm or Moody's in fact. What about biggest shithead? I bet on the final episode. I bet we don't even say anything about it. I bet we just say this is a slammy D for whatever it's up against, and we don't even mention it. The 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 only time this movie will be mentioned will be when it gets uh, royally pounded, (laughs) just like Maid Marian did. Taken to Pound Town, absolutely. 12 little baby movies. Well, remember, if you like Robin Hood and you think that we should like Robin Hood, do me a favor. Write that down on a small slip of paper. Roll that paper up (laughs) real tight and jam it up your butthole. But no, also said hate mail because what this movie did to furries, hate mail does for us. It's we fucking yeah. love it. So get that <laughs> in. We dress here. up as our hate mail and then do things with each other. It empowers us. So do us a favor, get cracking on that hate mail. Release the cracking. But until then, do us a favor, would you? Keep watching them movies.